Welcome to Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. It's like coffee with an analyst, or it could be whiskey with an analyst reading a spreadsheet, linking crime events, identifying a series, and getting the latest scoop on association news and training. So please don't beat that analyst and join us as we define the law enforcement analysis profession one episode at a time. How are we doing, analysts? Jason Elder here. I have a special presentation for you today. We are here with Mike Jackson of the IACA Mentoring Committee. And in the same vein as what we did with Kyle Stoker and the IACA Training Committee, we are going to go over the mentoring program for IACA. Just establish what the committee's goals are and to find out what is new. And so first off, Mike, how we doing? Great. Good to talk to you again. I think the last time I talked to you was, well, the podcast we did back in Vegas. I think that was 2020. Oh, I guess been on air. We've seen each other at conferences. though. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've seen each other since. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes, you are right. And you are still one of, I think, only two interviews that I did in person. We were doing face to face. Right. So hey, that's a little fun trivia for you. Oh, nice. So for our audience, what we're going to do here is go over just the who, what, when, where, why regarding mentor, IACA mentoring. And so I guess I'm going to just give a brief history, Mike, and then I'll switch over to you and get your take on how you started in mentoring and some of the stuff that you've done since becoming chair. Sounds great. Let's get after it. All right. So the first mentors to be part of the IACA mentoring program occurred in 2016. And this had been something in the works for a long time, was part of a strategic plan to get mentoring its own committee. We Obviously, the executive board saw a need for folks to be mentored to have experienced analysts work with new or upcoming analysts to bridge the gap, to help them along, to help the mentees achieve their goals. And so, and by by the way, the terms are gonna be mentor and mentee. That's how we're gonna distinguish between the two. But uh, Matt Douglas was actually the first mentor chair. He is the person that I took the reins from when I became mentoring chair. It is an important service that the IACA gives to its members, especially for those analysts just starting out. They don't know what they don't know. So you try to get as much information and to be exposed to as much as possible and before and then once you get your feet wet and you try different stuff and you figure out you, the position at work and maybe figure out what everybody else is doing out there in the analyst world and mix that in and come up with your own goals, that's where the mentor can can come in and and really help mentees achieve his or her goals. It's always great to hear uh, from mentors and mentees to just see how they have progressed and some of the things that you're working through. And it's a, it's a constant process here because everybody has unique goals and the market has changed and 
depending on what their goal is. Some people are just looking to get into the field and going through that application process and going through the interview process. And that that's a long haul. That can be six to 12 months easily just for one application process. So these, these relationships between mentor and mentee can last years, depending on what the goals of the mentee are. And, and it's from the mentor side. I mean, there's, I've, I've been a mentor now since I became chair and way back when, and I've had some frustrations because it's just, I can, there's only so much knowledge that I can transfer. And I feel that there's, there's an end of the road. And I was like, I still don't think we've achieved your goal. And so then we get into like the networking and finding out who can help this uh, mentee across the finish line. And so there's been, there's, there's a lot of different aspects to this. As I mentioned, I was chair after Matt Douglas and then Sally Rawlings took the reins for me. It was mentor chair for a wee bit. And then Mike took over and is the current IACA mentor chair. I've been going this whole way with an introduction and everything else. And I have failed to actually call the group by its proper name, which is Analyst Mentoring Program, a.k.a. AMP. And so that's that's my fault, Mike, that I am not giving it its correct charge, if you will. So, but anyway, I've talked enough. That's the longest monologue I've had on this show in quite a long time. So I want to kick it back over to you and get your take on how you got part of the program, becoming chair and stuff that you've been up to since you've been chair. Yeah, thanks, Jason. So one of the things that I love that you said uh, in that monologue was relationships. The mentor program is, I, I value the relationships that are built through these programs the most because it's what relationships is what helped me become a better analyst, learn more things, learn how to do things, learn how to work with people from across the states. And so relationships are a huge, huge part of our industry and what we do. And I really enjoy the fact that this program offers that or opens new analysts up to building relationships and showing them how to build relationships. So I started as a mentor back in, I think it was like 2017 or 18. And it was actually Mary, our current president, who said, uh, we were at a conference once and she said, you should be a mentor. And I'm like, I don't know enough of (laughs) anything to mentor anyone. I'm still learning. And I think if you talk to a lot of analysts, they'll always say, I'm still learning stuff. There's so much stuff out there to learn. And we want to be able to say we know it all and learn it all and that way, but it, it's just too much stuff. But anyway, so, so I told her, I was like, I don't, I haven't, I don't think I know what I need to know. And she's like, no, you'll be great. Just trust me. She just trust me. And so I signed up and I had some mentees over the years. I can say each mentee that I've had has been different. Some were kind of basic. What should I do in these situations? Some have been learned. I want to learn how to do a specific thing. Some have been, uh, they're trying to get into the business and need help with an application. One of my best stories is with a with a guy that was applying for a job and he had, he had the degrees but hadn't really had the any experience. So 
we actually sat on the phone for a couple of weeks and like I, I quizzed him and brought up like questions, commonly asked questions in the interviews and for analysts. And he turned out and wound up getting that job. So, and I'm actually just did that a couple of weeks ago with someone. So just being able to help new analysts is it's always a, is a great thing. All right. And then since you, you became chair, what was that like? Cause I think you just went in the first time being a, a mentor and you're like, I'm not really ready for this. And then the opportunity comes along to be chair of AMP. Did you feel that you were ready then? Or did you have those same feelings over again that you're not, you're not really ready, but here we go anyway. hundred percent. Was not ready. Did not know what I was getting into. I was, I would just had a, a passion for just helping and I wanted to be a part of the ICA, the, the program, and do something more than just be a member. And so the opportunity came with Sally kind of passing the torch and talking with Mary. The opportunity came up and I said, I just jumped in, feet first. And uh, it was, it was, it was challenging. Like I said, it was a whole lot more than what I thought it would be. The amount of work that, that needed to be done, the amount of the amount of time it takes to match people and get mentors and mentees in the right places in the same state. Everyone's working. So it, it was, it was very challenging. <clears throat> so, but I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to give up, but I did want to give up. I, I kind of, <laughs> Can't you find somebody else? <laughs> yeah. uh, at one point I felt like calling Mary. I'm like, no, I just, I don't think, I don't think I'm, I was, I knew what I was really getting into and this isn't really working out, but I kind of flipped it in the sense that some of the things that I was kind of, that made the, being a part of the committee so hard were things that we should focus on changing. I thought we can change. And so at the last conference here in Grapevine, I was talking with our webmaster, Jennifer Loper, and came up with an idea and she thought it sounded pretty good. And I spoke it over with my awesome committee that I have now with Ashley Hood and John Softley and Nicholas Butler. And they were, they were on board. They were like, Hey, whatever you think will make this easier. And we started changing the game up a little bit. So no, that's, it is always a group, right? It's not just one person. So you, you definitely get to have some great helpers in this endeavor. And so, and it is fascinating because where it seems to me that you always have more mentees than mentors. A thousand percent. And, and that yeah. is always a challenge because you have somebody like, hey, I need this help. And I'm and and Christopher Bruce pointed this out to me the one time and it and it stuck with me. He said, not everybody's comfortable asking for help. And so for somebody to come up and say, hey, I need help that you definitely that that takes a certain amount of courage. Absolutely. And so you don't want to then keep them hanging without having a mentor assigned to them and start going down their path to solving their goal. Right. Yeah. So when I took over, the way it, the matching and the kind of the whole process was, it was kind of like someone would email a committee member or someone would tell someone about the mentor program. They would reach out to the committee and then the committee would 
go down our list on, we share it on Google Drive and see which mentors we had available. And that became problematic in a sense that some people, when we're going down this list, some people have been matched with someone for the past three years and like, no way that could be right. Some people weren't showing like active. So it was hard to navigate like who we're going to match this new mentee up with, which mentors we actually have available. And then obviously time, like our mentors are experienced, they're all working. So trying to catch them on the right schedule and getting callbacks. And it, it was just, it was just, it, it was a tough process. It was tough to try to navigate and do efficiently and in a timely manner. Because like you said, we don't want to leave these, you know, someone that has enough courage to ask for help and we don't want to leave them high and dry. So that's why I decided it's got to be a, way, a better way. So that's when I came up with a plan. All right. So let's get into that plan. What is the plan? So my idea was, what if we take less stress off the committee to find mentors and match mentees with mentors and put more of the onus on the mentee? Some of the things that I saw uh, in the beginning were lack of participation sometimes from the mentee or there wasn't a lot of interaction between the mentee and the mentor. And so I felt like the weight of the success of that match was put on the committee. Mm -hmm. And so I had the idea of why don't we put more of the onus on the person that's asking for help, right? And so one of the first things that I did, I said, we're going to start vetting these new applicants to see what they actually need. There were times when we have a lot of applicants, new students or, or people that are in school, some not even working, some have only been working for a year, all a plethora of different applicants. But what we found when we started vetting and actually making contact with the mentees and getting that quote unquote face to face time with them was it wasn't really a program that they needed. They just needed someone to talk to because they had a specific question or they just had, they wanted to know, hey, how do I get into the business? And so looking at that, I was like, well, I don't think we need to tie up mentors for these type of questions. So I told the committee, I was like, hey, we're going to start vetting these guys and seeing if they really kind of fit for the program. Do they need someone that they can reach out to for six months and go over certain things or certain skill sets? Or is this something that they're just curious about, or if they need, they just have one question that, how do I get a job? Or how do I, what classes should I take for to learn how to do Excel better or ArcGIS better? And the vetting process kind of started the, making the matching more efficient. So by vetting the mentees, the applicants, we were able to free up a lot of mentors from having those one-time conversations and then we're never we never hear from them the mentors will never hear from them again and so by vetting we allow the mentors to stay available and the committee ourselves we do the vetting and so if we find a situation where a mentee or an applicant only has a couple of questions or just needs to have a couple of conversations we won't necessarily we won't match them with a mentor we will be there for them or get them the the guidance they need a uh, real quick story i just had uh, someone reach out an applicant and they wanted to learn about ArcGIS, specifically ArcGIS. and ashley one of the committee members was like oh well, I know someone who has a class. She's just retired, longtime analyst, and we can we can give her her information and 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 see if that is something that she needs. So we forwarded her that information, and guess what? 
that's all she needed. She was good to go. And so situations like that, now we've freed up a mentor. Like we don't have to go find someone specifically that's trained in ArcGIS to train this mentee that needed that specific help. We, we, we provided her a resource that she can use. And so when people think of the mentor program, it's not just a one-on-one with a mentor and a mentee. We're trying to, if we don't find a match for that mentee, we're also trying to find resources to help them. Like mm-hmm. you said, it takes courage to ask for help, and we don't want to leave them high and dry. I make it an effort, and my whole team, we make it an effort to find some kind of way to help that person, whether it be a match, a mentor match, a resource, an article, or uh, a person with a specific skill set. So we try to do our best to you know, accommodate everyone and get all questions answered and get them, get point those mentees in the right direction. Yeah. And I see when it's something either very specific or the mentee knows where they want to go. It it, it definitely helps with that assignment because you understand the ask, Right. right? But we do still have mentees. I say, again, I don't know what I don't, no, I just know that I need to learn as much as possible and I am a blank slate <laughs> go yeah. kind of thing. And that that can be way more difficult, right? Because then you have so many different directions to go into and so many different classes and training and reading assignments. And it's yeah. just a lot to do. And it, you could sit there and miss every time with that mentee not get a strike because you're trying to figure out the best way to help that mentee yeah it's 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 difficult and like i said we we don't like turning people down from the program but we also have to be considered of the mentor right like that mentor is volunteering their time which we greatly appreciate the committee ica we all appreciate, but they have a job too. And we can't rely on them to necessarily quote unquote teach a new mentee. So we try to look, we, we, we are looking at the program as more of a guidance kind of program for, mm-hmm. for new mentees. So if we have a, a mentee that has been in the job for a couple of years or a year, six months, and they're, they have some basic kind of skill set, things that they're working on, but they're trying to get better at or improve on or find different ways to be an asset to their department. Those are kind of the mentees that we're looking for. Now, and each situation is a little different. So I can't say NTA who once who's a new and only been there for six months will get an applicant, but mentee B who just started a job won't get an applicant like those situations can reverse easily like Mm -hmm. the new mentee could get one and the one that's been there for six months so and that's where the vetting comes in like we really take time to talk with the applicant and make sure that they're going to get the most out of this program and that the mentor will have time to teach them or guide them i should say in the direction they need to go without tying up too much of their of their work time so you you spelled out there what you expect from the mentee. How about what is expected of the mentor? So we don't have a, a, a specific qualification qualification status or quality. I can't think of the word right now, but we don't have any specific qualification. Mm-hmm. But when we are vetting the mentors to 
applications, we do have certain expectations such as user service may not be an issue if they are skilled in certain aspects or if they've been doing a job, if they've been doing their, if they've been in their job long enough and that applicant, mentor applicant feels qualified enough or feels confident enough to help someone else, then you can pretty much be a mentor. The thing about analysts, like we were saying earlier, like we always feel like there's more that we need to do. There's more that we can that, that can learn and that we can learn. And we haven't run into a situation as of yet where a mentor who has applied, someone who's applied to be a mentor wasn't qualified. Like they know at, at a certain point in your career or when you can start helping other people. So I see yeah. we've got some great, great people and all the mentors we've had past currently now they, they, they're doing a great job we haven't we've had zero complaints as, as long as i've been in the chair position we actually send out surveys and uh, all the surveys have come back positive so it's really an enriching experience for the mentor and the mentee i know for me myself like the mentors can learn something too like Mm-hmm. especially when you're dealing with people that work at other agencies. Like, I think it's kind of cool to learn what my mentee's doing over there or, or the things that they're asking to do. Just the other day, I was talking to my mentee and I was asking her, like, what's the day-to-day? Because like, you know, she's asking me to help her to just be more of an asset to her department. And she was like, oh, well, we do this and this, and then we run a 13-minute report and then this and that. I'm like, whoa, whoa. What's a 13-minute report? <laughs> so it's just little things like that that I took that. I was like, oh, man, that is kind of cool. But it's things like that that I think both people can benefit from, both the mentee and the mentor. They can benefit from each other. And then, like you said in the beginning, building that relationship of, and learning how to build relationships and talk to people and ask questions. And I think it's a big part of this program, and, and we're definitely trying to keep that that culture and that vibe going. Yeah. At one point in time, John Ng from Canada, he was both a mentee and a mentor at the same time. Oh, really? Right. Yeah. Because so he was looking to get mentored, I think, in terms of becoming a supervisor. Oh, okay. But he had he had been an analyst for a couple of years, so he knew the growing pains of being a new analyst. So he was able to mentor those that were new analysts looking looking for some help. But at the same time, he had his own goals as well that he needed some help on. So that's yeah. how he was both a a mentor and mentee at the same time. Yeah. And I, I would say for being a mentor, it's it's quality over quantity, right? Because you can you can teach a class and for that hour that you're teaching you can influence however many students are in that classroom right but Mm -hmm. when you're a mentor you are helping that one analyst take several steps forward yeah and so that's where the you just get that more of an enriched relationship with with there that one-on-one connectivity is different and it's a different level of satisfaction than teaching a class but it's still teaching in a way it's still guiding it's still helping and answering questions and pointing in the right direction and even stuff that my mentee asked me i was like i don't really answer that either but let's find out right what makes it different is it's personal right Mm -hmm. so Every mentee that I've had, when you take on a, a mentee, they believe that you are the person that can get them 
where it needs to be. And most of the analysts I know have a pride in in their work and, and what they do. And like we were talking earlier, like we, we don't like leaving things undone and unfinished. And <laughs> I think so when it's when it's personal like that, when you're one on one with someone, you, you want that person to grow and be enriched and and get what they need out of you. And there is a sense of pride at the end when it's all said and done. You just be able to say, man, I, I helped that guy. And now he's up on ICA stage getting a, a an award or he mm-hmm. helped clear this case on the, you know, I saw on the news or so. One of the things I've always wanted to do is like kind of hear some stories like of, of mentors. Like I have my own stories from mentors and men, mentoring and the mentees I've had, but it'd be cool to hear like some of the stories that about the relationships over the years. Like how many mentor mentees are like, I don't know, BFS now and, or how many have solved, how many mentors have seen their mentee like blossom into this great indispensable analyst. I think that'd be kind of cool to kind of hear those, hear their stories. Yeah, I agree. So if you're listening to this and you were either a mentee or you are, or were a mentor, We'd love to hear from you. We would love to hear these success stories of what was accomplished in the analyst mentoring program. Either comment below or email us at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Okay, Mike, as you alluded to before, there's a new process in place now. So let's go over the, the new process. Absolutely. Okay, so. How it works now is we have a new applicant. So let's say that Jason Elder is a mentee or is a new applicant. He wants to be a part of the mentor program. He would place his application online, fill out his application online, and the mentor committee gets an email saying, hey, you have a new applicant. And so we open up that application and we read and it's got your basic information in there If you and, and what you're looking for, what you're looking to get out of the program. And so from that point, one of the committee members will call the mentee, reach out by email, try to get a phone conversation going, and just try to figure out what what that what Jason needs. So after that conversation, it'll be decided, okay, and that committee member will let you know. So I'll say, hey, Jason, doesn't sound like you really need the program right now. So you can hear some resources that may help, or if you want to call me. And we can talk about some of the things that you had uh, were on your mind. We can kind of do it that way, but it doesn't seem like it's going to fit you at this time. But once you get down the road a little bit and start getting a little more into getting a little more experience, absolutely reapply and we'll get you in there. That's option A. Option B is Jason Elder applies to be an applicant, to be a mentee. uh, And a committee member gives him a call and says, hey, what are you looking for? committee member decides, okay, hey, you'd be a good applicant for the program. And so from that point on, the the committee would send him an email. That app, the mentee would get that email. And on that email, there's going to be a link on that. And on that link, it's, it's a welcome letter. And on that welcome letter, there'll be a link saying, welcome to the program, yada, yada, yada. Use this link and find your mentor. And so this is where we differ from before. In the past, it was on the committee to find the mentee's mentor. Now, the mentee has the ability to go in and choose which mentor he would like. And hmm. so he can read that mentor's bio, what 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 the strong suits that mentor has, if he's great at SQL, learning, Excel, whatever that mentor is strong at. If that mentee feels like, hey, he's, I think this guy's the one for me, that mentee will then email the mentor and say, hey, I 
found your bio online. I think you'd be a great mentor for me. And once that mentor sees his email, reviews it, and says, oh, yeah, I'll definitely be your mentor, then the mentor will email us back, the committee, and say, hey, I'm going to take on Jason Elder. He's my new mentee. And from that point on, you have a, we have a, you have a match. Nice. Does that sound nice. more, I feel like I made that sound more complicated than it actually is. <laughs> Now it's it's fascinating because I was thinking too is is if a mentee went to a conference might have met some analysts there and then when they go to the website there might be somebody there that they know they recognize and said oh I've already met that person or I know of that person type thing yeah. well one it's more efficient for the committee right because instead of now having to chase down mentors and calling and trying to get a hold of them and we have 30 40 other applications we're trying to get through now it takes that pressure off of trying to get this mentee match with someone and gives us a little more time to focus on the other applications so basically once the committee has vetted that person has decided that yes you're a good match for the program then we kind of put the power in the in the in that mentee's hands to go find them a mentor that will suit them so it really it frees up the committee as far as time spent and work spent because remember we're all working too right and so mm-hmm. it frees up the committee members and it gives power to the mentee to find someone that they think they can they vibe with and then it gives that mentor a chance to look over that mentee and see if they can help them or not so it's really nice the website is really cool it you can once you go on i'm gonna pull it up real quick you can actually click on the state that you're in so if you're in texas you can click on texas and you can read the bios and i think it even has the pictures of the mentors you can read their bios and see what they have to offer and it has their contact information in there so it's i think it, it hopefully we, we've just kicked it off so so far so good like we've just kind of kicked it off january 1st 2024 so but yeah so far so good it's been it's been it's been working out so all right but of course, they're always looking to beef up the menu, right? So Absolutely. this is this is where, as mentioned before, there almost always is more mentees than mentors. This is the part of the program where we really could use your help, audience here. So if you can help some of these mentees, or if somebody that you've worked with that you think would be a, a a good mentor reach out to them encourage them to apply if you think you'd like to be a mentor apply and like mm-hmm. i said Bart, we have a great team we we can talk to you on the phone get your bio get your background and we'll let you know if you're qualified so right now i believe we have 55 active mentors and we have i believe 37 nt applications out now I'll have to double check because I think my team just emailed me today and he just vetted some. So yeah, the numbers, the math isn't math and as people like to say. So we definitely need uh, a lot more mentors. So please, please, let's let's get in for mentoring. Just to give you a little quick kind of breakdown. So we have mentors in Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Kansas, Massachusetts, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, Virginia, Washington, Australia, Canada, Chile, Colombia, Netherlands, and United Kingdom. And Missouri. If you didn't get your state in there, (laughs) 
If you did not hear your state in there, please do us a favor and apply to be a mentor. We know there's analysts that are in Connecticut. We know there's some in Nevada. We know there's New Hampshire, Kentucky, North Carolina. We know you guys have analysts out there. And I think it'd be really, it's really nice to be able to talk to, have someone mentor you from your own state. Because you're kind of speaking the same language and y'all probably working on the same thing, dealing with the same laws. So I think it's it's nice to be able to speak to, have someone mentoring you from, you know, familiar territory. Yeah. And we're trying to come up with a clever tagline here. So, hey, if you're listening to this, at the very least, maybe help us with a hashtag and help us get the word out about IACA mentoring and and to help us supercharge the AMP program. So please, please, please help out the IACA mentoring program. So we will include in the show notes links to additional information, how you can contact Mike should you have questions after reviewing all the website material. We'll have every all the information that you're going to need to be able to help out and volunteer with the analyst mentoring program. You can reach us at the mentoring at IACA.net. That's our email. And if you want to apply for a mentor or a mentee application, just go to the IACA.net and you'll find the application in the under the resource tab. Okay, Mike. So I'll give you the final word like I knew in all my shows. So what do you got for the final word? The final word, I think, keeping in line with the theme of this uh, podcast, let's get amped up for mentoring, man. <laughs> we <laughs> really need some mentors out there. Like I said, we have a have a great team. Our committee is great. They're definitely willing to speak to everyone, talk to you, and don't hesitate. Don't be nervous. Don't be afraid like I was and... At one point, I was—I didn't even think I could be a mentor, right? And now I'm the—I'm the chair of the of the mentoring committee. So anything's possible. So, uh, yeah, like I said, let's let's get amped up for mentoring and 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 move forward with this and try to have the greatest mentoring program in the world. Why not, right? Why not have the greatest mentoring program in the world? Very good, Mike. Thank you so much for being on the show, and you be safe. All right, thanks, man. I love talking to you. Appreciate it. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. You can show your support by sharing this and other episodes found on our website at www.leapodcasts.com. If you have a topic you would like us to cover or have a suggestion for our next guest, please send us an email at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, analysts, keep talking.